でもいるんだけど、なんかあったらしい。Okay. Oh, I took mine off. John washed it for me. And I. Yeah, it's、Stupid. one of those fucking squiggle ones. What's the. Per- Why Target? It's a $5 mug. Right. I just don't understand the purpose of those squiggles. No. What's the purpose of the squiggle, Target? So people can't peel it off easy, but you know, if somebody's really determined to, they will. But also, it's like, it's not like, it's not like Victoria's Secret where it has like those little thingies in it, you know? Yeah, it's just to make people annoyed. <laughs> Try not to spill either. Not with your computer, like, right? What a buggy. It has something on me. Chocolate. How's it? Oh, apart from that wrapper. <laughs> Just a little bit of a hot mess. Ooh, ooh. Oh my God. Almost there. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do it? Almost. It was getting stuck to my finger. That's also what she said. <laughs> you know what's hilarious? Is I can smell the hatch green chili burritos in your face. <laughs> oh, those are the potato skins? Yeah, I saw, I was like, oh, it smells like Mexican food in here. I was like, oh, that's what it is. I forgot to tell you, too. You could have. You're fine. I was right. What? I could have what? Wow, ADD. I totally forgot. Like that, that great Tupperware that I had sitting in front of her food. I was like, okay, that hopefully I can remind Darcy or like telepathically tell her that she can give her some of that pot roast. Oh, yeah, no. No, I just didn't, moved it all I、way. didn't get the brain waves. No. Yeah, I did. I just moved it out of the way. Listen, I don't know. With, with her diet now, I'm like, I'm not going to be responsible if her dog dies, okay? What she, she gets whatever she got, both pot roast and turkey bacon this morning. I was lovely to make her bacon like almost every day.、Mm-hmm. She got a nugget piece of bacon for tonight.、Um, okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, well, we're going to cheers in the beginning. Because、um, these are so cute. I just, I also don't know why it's like in the front. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who holds it like this? Look at my mug. <laughs> and then like, it's gone. I don't know. Maybe because it's like, we don't know which side you hold your mug. So trying to be universal there. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Cheers. We just cheers our little spider web. So, <laughs> yes. I appreciate the lefty inclusivity. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Take a Color to Brunch. I am one of your co hosts, Darcy. And I am the other co host, Shannon. And、um, yeah, we have a great episode for you today. So we're going to kind of like roll into it. But before we roll into it, I've been holding on to the story.、Yep. <laughs> okay, so story time. I know I have to. This is going to be so great. Okay, so when you went to work and you're like, oh, can you come feed Penny? Right?、Mm-hmm. So I was like, yes, absolutely. So me and John, that was like yesterday. I wanted to text you so bad. I'm so glad it was only yesterday. But anyway, so I go to the pool and I'm like, I have to go feed Penny after this. Like, do you want to come with me? And John's like, yeah, sure. So we get here, I come inside and I'm like, Penna. And she's nowhere. I'm like, Shannon's door is shut. I like look and like, she's not outside. I was like, oh my God. Like, my heart、oh, yeah. sank. I was like, oh my God, where the fuck is this dog? And I walk over here and I just laugh. Somehow this fucking dog shut herself in this bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I like push the door open and she's just right there. She's like, oh my God, hi. Oh my God, hi. And so I like inspected the room to make sure she didn't like 
poop or pee anywhere. Because I was like, how long have you been here? Oh, my God. <laughs> but it must have not been long. <clears throat> because one, she didn't immediately go outside. Yeah. And two, she was like, food. She's like, I'm so ready for food. She like didn't care. But I was, that's why I propped her door open with a yoga mat. And why those doors were open when you came home. It's just like, if this fucking dog <laughs> does it again. She, I think she, she's, she's, she's done it before. <laughs> she's done it before. But I think what actually happens is that it's actually when you open up the front door. So it probably happened right when you walked in. Like she's in here. Uh-huh. And it's like the, when you open up the front door, it's like that whoosh of air closes uh-huh. this one. Because that's happened before for me too. And I'm like, and she never acts like she's stuck in here for super long. But it's always like when I'm coming home from something, I'm like, oh my God. You know, <laughs> same thing. It, it has happened to me before. And of course, I immediately thought she was dead. Yeah. I was like, I'm calling for her and she's not coming. Layla and she's just like, I'm not here. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. like every time like, it's so cute when you open it up, she's like, hi. <laughs> she's like, hi, hi, if you know, it's fine. I was just like, oh my God, you're so adorably stupid. I can't wait to tell your mom. <laughs> I was going to like text you right away. I was like, no, I'm going to hold on to this I was one. wondering why like <laughs> those doors were open. I didn't honestly realize it until I was doing something in here today. And I was like, why are those doors open? And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, this place is definitely haunted. <laughs> no, that was me. That was not a ghost. That was me. Um, because my story was, was I told Darcy the other day too, I ended up screwing up my work schedule. So I had to work, I worked 12s. So I worked 12 hours. So from noon to midnight on Tuesday, because I switched my schedule around to have Friday off. But then I forgot that I had to work on Wednesday from 10 to 10. So 10 A to 10 P. So that basically means that I have only 10 hours at home to sleep and wake up and get ready for the next day. <laughs> Which is awful. And, um, but anyway, so immediately when I got home at like, cause I don't get home to like 1 a.m. when I get off at midnight. So I immediately took like a sleeping pill and I was telling Darcy the next day I was, and like, I was so convinced. I was like, I had to have slept walked. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's like one of two things. I either was sleepwalking, which I've never done before, or I have a spirit <laughs> or an attic hobo. Yeah. Um, but anyways. I don't know. I don't know what happened. It, it ended up being that maybe, maybe I just forgot what it was, was like, I woke up and normally I close my bedroom door. Cause I don't want Penny to wake up in the morning. My dog to like bark and shit. And which she hasn't been doing lately anyways, but still she's done it every once in a while. So I took the sleeping pills. Like I'm going to zonk out. I'm going to pass out. I need to get some sleep fast. And I usually struggle falling asleep anyways. Then I wake up and I was like, okay, I definitely remember closing that door. And my bedroom door was like wide open. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. You can logically talk it away all you want. And then this bitch over here yesterday is opening up doors again. I'm like, God. <laughs> well, now I now oh. I've just been inspired to. I'm gonna just start slowly. I'm gonna do small things. <laughs> I'm just gonna like shift stuff or move something that yeah. inconspicuously and see how it goes down. Oh my god, it's gonna be so fun. I know. I don't know what it's like. It's like uh, I, at least that one mystery has solved the doors of yes, that was last me. night or that yesterday. Was that was funny. <laughs> But the the door- I mean, if you do have a ghost, maybe it shut Penny in here. Oh, that's mean. I know, but maybe she maybe she borked at it, you know, and she was like the fuck out of my house, and now they're in a war, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not strong enough to move the yoga mat. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> all right. Okay. And we begin. So my story this week is titled The Murder of Angela Samoda. Have you ever heard of it? No, but that's a beautiful name. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so this is a story that a lot of you guys might have heard before because it is one that's widely done on um, podcasts, but it's a great story. And I chose it this week because it's a great reminder of how far a woman will go for the to find out who killed her best friend. Ooh. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> we love a good friendship story. Yes. Get your besties around the podcast. Get your drinks. Yes. Um, so we'll start out with going over who is Angela Samoda. So Angela, or as she likes to be referred to as Angie, Samoda was born on September 19th, 1964. So she recently would have had a birthday just Aww. a few days ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was born in Alameda, California. Um, she was raised by her single mother. I believe she was one of five. So she was a baby, I believe. Um, and she was absolutely gorgeous. Like, I am going to pull it up right now so you can see what she looked like. But look how pretty she was. Oh, wow. Right? Got so. that Farrah Fawcett hair before Farrah Fawcett hair yeah. was a thing. Yes. So she is gorgeous. Um, You know who she reminds me of? She reminds me of, um, oh, my God. I forgot her name in the show, but like D from like Full House. Mm, yeah. And I'm, how am I forgetting her name? No. Was it, did they, was her nickname D? It wasn't. Fuck. Anyway, the eldest daughter from Full House. There we go. Yeah. Picture her. Mm-hmm. And of course, as we all know, she had a smile that would light up the whole room. Nah. nah. <laughs> I don't want anyone to say that I lit up a fucking room and I smiled. <laughs> And on top of her good looks, though, she was actually known to be very kind and outgoing, and she was actually very smart. So after high school, she was raised well, is what I'm getting. Yeah, at least emotionally, she was raised. Yes, (laughs) yes, and by just a single mother too. So kudos to that mom. Single moms, Mm -hmm. where you at? Um. So, like I said, she's very smart. So after high school, Angie decided to attend Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas majoring in computer science and electrical engineering shit yeah so and like I, I put a little note in here i'm like remember this was only in the 1980s now mm-hmm. because she's born in 1964 so that profession was definitely more male driven especially then mm-hmm. um so she was kind of like a badass too yep she's like i don't care if it's a guy's job i'm gonna do it anyways yeah could you imagine how many dudes probably were like mansplaining her oh but there's a picture too i mean i think it's on the same one too where she's like in class and she's like surrounded by dudes but that's because, like, all of her classes were probably all males. Yeah. And she's just there, like, being gorgeous. Yeah. What a great photo. Yeah. Just in general, that's a great photo. hmm But, yeah. So I was like, she is totally cool. Um, She was also part of the Zeta Tau Alpha sorority. Okay. Hopefully I did not butcher that. Zeta Tau Alpha? Where you at? Tau. tau. Towel, towel, towel. You said that sounds like you're saying towel. I am saying towel. (laughs) Zeta Alpha Beta Towel Test Airplane Mode. Where are you at? (laughs) Um, So she initially would live on campus in the dorms, which is where she met her best friend and roommate, Sheila Wysocki. Ooh, Mm -hmm. Sheila, Sheila, or Shayla. Some go by Shayla, some go by Sheila, but I think it's Sheila. I mean, I guess it depends. Yeah. How do your parents pronounce it, you know? Mm-hmm. So apparently, you know, her and Angie actually didn't get along very well at first, according to Sheila. Um, but this is why. Why? Well, apparently Angie was dating a guy that Sheila did not like. So he's probably a douche. Ah, douche canoe. Like, I mean, did she did she know him or did she meet him and not like him? Is that 
Because there's a difference. Yeah, I'm not too sure, but I want to say it was like she met him and didn't like him, you know? Yeah, because I'm like, we've been there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, we have never dated people that the other one knew ahead of time and didn't like. Mm -hmm. But we've definitely dated people that the other one met and was like, I don't fuck with him. Mm -mm. Those were fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but then once Angie broke up with that guy, so yay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, she was spending more time in the dorm room and she realized that she and Sheila actually really could connect on a lot of ways. And one of the biggest ways was that they both were raised basically with absent fathers. So oh. they were both like primarily like, yeah, a, like a mother, mother driven, you know, yeah. powerful female childhood. I'm in ground, man. Yeah. Um, now her and Sheila were not like really in personality though. So it's kind of funny. Like Sheila was like, it's not that I don't. I'm not a social person. She's like, there's just, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of people. <laughs> so yeah. she's one of those. So she lives more of like, like the reserved one. She's like, I just like to observe more. Yeah. So, um, Angela, Angie, Angie. Mm-hmm. So she's the extrovert that adopted the introvert. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how it goes. Uh-huh. I've adopted my fair share of introverts. I'm a semi introvert, you know, give You're me an extroverted introvert. Yeah. Those exist now. Oh Yeah. And introverted extroverts. Yeah. You know, I've I've flipped. Yeah. You know, back in the day when I was like really fucked in the head uh-huh. and like totally spiraling and self-destructive, I was an extroverted extrovert. Yeah. I didn't want to be in my head at all. Yeah. Now I've become more of an extroverted introvert. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, an introverted extrovert. Yeah. And yeah. I, I feel like when I was younger, I was more of an introvert. Yeah. And then as I've grown older, I'm more like, and I get it. It's like partly my job too, but um and especially more now that i'm just older i feel like maybe i just have more confidence than i did when i was younger sure me too dude so that actually has given me more power to like go extrovert mm-hmm. in a way but i still like being at home yeah i don't want to talk to people <laughs> what are you down in the comments yeah and do you have a friend that's also polar opposite of you? yeah what is who is your best friend mm-hmm. what are you guys in this in this dynamic yes love it um, and then also Sheila wasn't actually as smart as Angie. Um, and then Sheila was like, you know, it didn't really matter to her much because Sheila really was struggling through college, but it's because she suffered from like, I guess, a severe dyslexia. Oh God. Dyslexia will fucking ruin shit. Yeah. So she's like, obviously like an intelligent person, but when it comes to like school stuff, she was struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, Angie's like, I don't give a shit. Right. You're my best friend. I, I would hope that she wouldn't give a shit about dyslexia. Yeah. God. Yeah. So yeah, they were just, they were besties. Now, Angie would eventually meet a new guy and started dating him. His name was Ben McCall. He was a few years older and he worked as a construction supervisor. And I always like to make a little blurb about this because even it'll come through in the, in the end too. Now, he actually made a pretty good living off of this as a supervisor. Like he wasn't just doing like, you know, a construction job. Uh-huh. Um, so he's making good money. And I think Angie also kind of saw it as like a good connection for her because she is being like an engineer and, you know, possibly doing stuff in regards to like, buildings and whatnot like that was her connection kind of um and at this point this has you know been a few few years progressing in college Angie decides she no longer wants to live on campus and decides to get a condo of her own now just as an FYI this doesn't affect her and Sheila's relationship at all like Sheila's like no totally I get it like you're fine yeah um so they're still besties uh now we're gonna fast forward to the night of the murder because like I said DJ Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was her name from Full House. Yes, DJ. <laughs> oh, oh, I feel so much better. <laughs> I, <figured that> out. 
I'm not gonna lie. That was not where my thought was going. Okay. You do realize that one of my exes went, his nickname was DJ, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. I can, okay. I can focus so much better now. Continue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that him and I have a bad relationship. He's actually one of my good friends still. So, but still, I was like, what do you like? <laughs> DJ. Shout out to DJ. <laughs> Oh, but I call him Derek. So hi, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll tag whatever her actual name is. It's DJ, which I don't care about. Oh, yeah. Um, anyways, continuing on. <laughs> so we're she gonna, moves out. <laughs> she moves out. Now we're gonna talk about the night of the murder. Okay. Oh wow, this happens fast. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because there's a lot. So on the night of October 12th, so it's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 1984. Angie decided to go out with two of her friends named Anita Kadala. And Russell Buchanan. So it's just the three of them. Her boyfriend, Ben, could not come out due to his job. So he's in construction. So oftentimes I have to wake up stupid early. Yeah. Um, but um, he was like, no, no, no. Go out. Have fun with your friends. I totally support that. Like, right. I just have to work. So that was nice. Right. Um, we all like being in those kind of relationships. Well, it's like I'm not going to see you anyway. Yeah. Now, the one thing is, though, is that Russell Buchanan was known to have asked Angie out on a date she said no because she has a boyfriend so it's, it's just basically like he's like do you want to go to dinner and she's like no and she's like but she's that nice person she's like why don't you come out with me and my friend we're gonna go out tonight mm-hmm. and now ben was aware of this like and he was fine like he actually trusted angie a lot so i'm like okay that's a healthy relationship um and it, it seemed fine like russell really didn't pursue her beyond that like none of the friends were like no he was like being stalkerish like nothing like that so she was just being a kind person were they friends before the dinner thing or? Um, they had like all mutual friends. Okay. Cause I was going to say, I was like, I don't understand why a dude would ask you out and then you turn him down and then you invite him to hang out with you and your friends. Yeah. But that makes more sense. Yeah. No, they're all mutual friends. And then like, um, this is not really a spoiler alert, but like Russell was going to uh, school for being an architect. That's gotcha. so they're That's all how like, they yeah. know each other. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. All like within that same kind of mm-hmm. profession, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the trio first went to the state fair of Texas, which doing my research, I found is like a huge thing. <laughs> like, I mean, you've got thousands of people coming into this location to like sure. go to the state fair. I mean, we think Texas is huge. It's like, obviously their state fair is going to be ginormous. Too. Everything is bigger in Texas. Like when we think of like the Arizona state fair, it's like, yeah, people yeah. generally go and it's a good time and it's yeah. busy, but like, I can't I even fathom what that'd be like in Texas. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, now after the fair, they would leave and go to a place called the Rio Room Dance Club. Ooh, yeah. okay. Um, which I guess in one of the one of the stories I was reading, it was like the way they described it was it was almost like it was like a bar at the bottom, and then like you had to be kind of like chosen to like go into like you know be the Rio Room, ooh, or like know somebody you know it's more like like the vip place so you you knew a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy yeah and of course you know angie (laughs) being gorgeous they're like yeah yeah you guys come in yeah and then we've had our experience like that god we had our total movie experience Uh, so if i want to tell that story that'll that should be like a side story that we tell yes we'll do that so that's when i when i read that i was like oh that's great (laughs) that's Um, really what i thought of little john is so much better in person that's Mm -hmm. all i'm saying um, and then their friends basically all remembered Angie that night being her usual self, which is she's that type of person who go from like table to table to table. Basically, she acts like she knows everybody. And she pretty probably does, you uh-huh. know, and she's just being best friends with everybody and having a great time. Now, sometimes shortly after midnight, the three friends would leave the club 
And around like 1 a.m. ish, um, Angie would drop off Anita and Russell at their homes. Okay. So they, they went home at a good time, decent time, you know. Um, but she decides she wasn't really tired yet. Um, so, and this is kind of sweet and endearing. I think you'll probably be like gross. <laughs> um, but that she was gonna drive another 30 minutes um from where she was because she wanted to at least go say goodnight to Ben. Oh no, I would do that for John. Yeah. So they didn't live together because that was gonna be my next question. Yeah, no, they okay. did not. Okay. Um, they did not. So yeah, she's like, but I'm not really tired. And like 30 minutes, man, yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah. You know, I've definitely driven farther, unfortunately. So is he the last one to see her alive? Yes. So she stops by his house. Um, and he, the way he describes it, like she just stopped by the front door. It was really nice. Like she basically was like, just want to say goodnight and give you a kiss. So they were, mm-hmm. it was like a short little thing. Cause he was going to go back to bed. Sure. Um, so he went back to bed and, um, then at around one forty-five, so that it, the, the whole timeline does make sense. So if it was just a short encounter at like around 1am, she goes over there, it takes 30 minutes, one thirty, you know, goes and everything. Yeah. The whole timeline does make sense and lines so up. So in the matter of 15 minutes, so she probably, she stopped by, it was probably like, she was probably there for like five or 10 minutes right. max. Yeah. She gets back home and like Ben was like, all of a sudden it's like, he's like, he got a phone call from her. Okay. And all she says when he answers, she's like, talk to me. Oh, no. Yeah. And he's like, what? Like, he immediately was like, there was something wrong. Yeah, I've made that phone call. (laughs) And the only thing she got out was that she explained that a man, once she got home, knocked on her door and asked to use her bathroom and her phone. Mm -mm. Did Did she let him in? I, from what I was researching, said no. Good. But there was one that said it was unclear. So it's a little bit cloudy in that. But most said no, but one said unclear. So I'm like, Ugh. I don't want to say with 100% on that. Um. Then, so she's telling him, she told him that quick little blurb. And then all of a sudden she said, I got to play right back no uh, you never do that but anyway so yeah ben was like what the fuck yeah yeah and so he's like immediately like calling her back like no like you're not just gonna hang up and be like call you right back i absolutely not after telling you that yeah exactly like there's some weird dude at your door at 1 45 in the morning wanting to come inside and you're gonna hang up on me yeah no (laughs) the audacity of a hoe absolutely not (laughs) no so yeah he calls her back and then she doesn't answer of course she doesn't answer so he is like Oh my God. So She's he, dead. <laughs> he hops in his truck, his work truck, and was like, I don't care. That's like, you know, 1 a.m. I said, like, I, so he immediately goes over to her, like, starts heading yeah. towards her condo. Now, the reason why I said he makes a pretty good living doing the, what he does as a job is because the beauty of him is like when he got into his truck, he had back in that day what was like the fancy little cell phone car oh, things, the he car had phones. A car cell phone? Yeah. <laughs> nice yeah so he was one of those nice um but he had it because of work and everything so he was able to continuously try to get a hold of her and she wasn't answering so then now also like i've said in previous episodes this is around probably the time that 911 was created well 911 was back in the 60s right i think right 60s yeah because 911's in the because now we're in the 80s huh yeah, I'm pretty sure 911 was in the 60s. I forget. Anyways, it still wasn't like a hugely, hugely thing. Because yeah. he, he ended up having to, one of the things was saying, like, he ended up having to call, like, the info line in order to get a hold of the police. So he's, like, doing all that while, like, frantically driving over to her house, basically, long story short. Mm-hmm. And he finally gets a hold of the police. They basically meet him there within minutes of him being there. So it's now 2.17 a.m. 
police are there. He, of course, while he was waiting for them to get there, was knocking on the door and couldn't get in. Like she was not answering, which is even scarier. So police show up. And then one of the officers even noted in one of the reports that they, something about the atmosphere, they said just something was just off, off. Mm. Very, very off. Okay. Um, they knocked down the door. They just, cause she wasn't answering for them either. And once they did, they would discover 20 year old Angie's body naked, bloody and dead on her bed. Um, one of the other reports said the police could not get out of his head the vision of her face because her piercing blue eyes were just wide open. To make a to make a very serious moment funny, have you seen those TikToks about like when you're talking to blue-eyed people? Mm. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll have to send you one because it's because like I have blue eyes. Um and we're on Zoom, so you can't really tell. But <laughs> it's like when you're talking to people with blue eyes and it's like basically the part like it's, it's like you right like mm-hmm. you're doing the tiktok and then it's like you switch to like being the blue-eyed person and they put like a day walker's eyes on them and <laughs> <laughs> it's just like staring into like your soul <laughs> and like and then the whole comment section is just people being like yeah i can't i can't really look you in the eye i can't really trust you it's just, <laughs> i'm just i'm dying because like i'm a blue-eyed person so i find them hilarious um I'll send you one. It pops up every now and again. Hmm. I think you'll, I think you'll very much enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> so sorry to make a serious moment, a very sad, tragic moment. Um, funny, but I'm uncomfortable. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. Oh gosh. So yes, she was found dead on her bed. Um, and according to the autopsy report, Angie was raped and stabbed a total of 18 times. Now the stab wounds were wounds, not wounds. All the wounds. All the wounds. <laughs> the stab wounds were primarily in her chest. In fact, she was reportedly stabbed so many times in her chest that her heart was actually pulled outside of her body. Oh my God. Just by the sheer force of ripping the knife out. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yep. Oh my God. So that is the incident. Now we're gonna go to who killed Angie Samoda. Okay, did we find out who did? I'm not gonna tell you. God damn it. Because you do these whodunits every now and again. I don't know. I don't I know. know whether it's a whodunit or not anymore. I know. It's oh, great. Anxiety. Now, here are the top subs. Oh, my God. You're like me the last time we recorded. I know. <laughs> the top suspects. Collects have had, like, this is the third glass of wine. Suspects. All right. So not in any particular order either. So don't think that. Now, of course, Ben McCall, the boyfriend. He's probably the top suspect then. Eh, sort of really because yeah. usually it's the lover yeah okay. so of course you know he's being a suspect um the second one being russell buchanan because he asked her on a date sure yeah. and she was he was with her the night that she was murdered and then the third one being i just wrote down angie's douche ex-boyfriend oh she had a douche ex-boyfriend remember the one that with the that sheila didn't like oh that's right that's right that's right yep because he was a douche mm-hmm. so he was another suspect fair so those are those are the kind of like the top three they had, but like I said, no particular order or anything like mm-hmm. that. Now remember, in the 1980s, DNA testing was just barely starting. Yep, they still collected evidence, so they did a good job in that sense. Um, during the autopsy, they had gotten a bunch of semen from her, and they did the rape kit and all the things. Um, and at the time, some of the the DNA tests that they could do and that were readily available, um, basically 
they were able to, based off of the semen, since it's not blood per se, they were, they were still able to test for the blood type. Right. That's what I was going to say. They could yeah. tell you it's this general type. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. you can like kind of like minimize based off of that. Yeah. So this is a crazy thing. And I've never actually heard of this before. Even doing all of our podcasting stuff, I've never heard of this term. So unfortunately, the murderer was something called a non-secretor. I've heard the term. I forgot what it means. So I wrote it down. So, and you might ask what a non-secretor is. I'm asking what is a non-secretor. So in simple terms, it is a person that is um, basically like in their body fluids, doesn't have the antigens present in their body fluids that would determine whether or not what blood type they are. Oh, wasn't that convenient? Right. So like- Good for you, Chad. Good for you. Like their (laughs) mucus or semen, like bodily type fluids like that. So non-blood. So I don't want people to get that mixed up. Like obviously if they bleed somewhere, you're still going to tell their body, their their blood type. But if he's just like shooting blanks over your apartment, you're fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They can't tell. So, and that's the only kind of testing they had at the time. Sure. Now- this is the kind of kicker. So it's not exactly a common thing for somebody to be a non-secretor. So 80% of the population obviously does secrete like their antigens oh, and stuff so like that. Oh, this worked in their favor? Sort of. Okay. Now, and only about 20% are that don't. And I mean, when you think about it, like 80, 20, like, oh, that's still, yeah. I mean, you think about the huge whole population of everywhere. Yeah, when you we know. think about today, like. If there's seven, I think it's like 8 billion people now in the world. Like, yeah. What's 20% of 8 billion? Right. Right? Like, I don't know. I don't math right I now. I don't know what 80% of 20. Or t- <laughs> what is 20% of 80? Uh, yeah. You know, if, if 2% of 10 is 2, then let's just assume that 20% of 8 is probably like one point. Five, right. We'll just say one point five, right. right? So that's still what one point five billion people right. in the whole world, right? Okay. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of rare, but like, still, you know. Now, with their three suspects, they did all the testing on them too, on all their secretions to see. Well, let's see, you know, if Uh-oh. one of them is a non-secretor. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. The so, odds. The odds. Right. So out of the three top suspects, one was a non-secretor. Do you want to guess who it was? Ah, okay. Well, it's not the boyfriend, but you, I don't know. You give me so like, he asked her out on a date, but then he like, you know, like, and we didn't talk about the ex. I feel like that's a little cliche. I'm just going to go with, you know, dater dude. Russell? Yeah. It was Russell Buchanan. (laughs) Only because I can read your tells. And I I guess it was 50%. I know you and 50%, I'm guessing. So, you know, police were the same way. They're like, oh, hell yeah. You know, there's only but one out of three. Proof. Exactly. So now the weeks following the murder, they interview Russell probably like a dozen times. Sure. And he's totally cooperative every single time. And he, you know, lets them talk to him. He tells his story of what he did after she, he got dropped off by her and all the things like continuously. Then, um, they, they still like he wasn't admitting to murdering her like he right. said, this is just what happened right and so please continue and not only do one polygraph test but multiple and it wasn't until like the third or fourth polygraph test that they took on him that his family even was like you should probably get a lawyer he didn't have a lawyer i mean nope. i guess that makes sense if he's getting questioned like 12 times but honestly it's like 
See, that's a hard one because now I know you're going to say more, but now I'm like, with he's being so cooperative, either he's so convinced that if he did do it, he's not getting caught because that means they have nothing on him, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, they would have arrested him by now. Or he's just so genuinely a nice person who wants to be a law-abiding citizen. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't have anything to hide. I don't need a lawyer. But it's like, dude, even if you... Welcome to the American justice system. Even <laughs> if you don't do anything wrong, they'll still pin something on you. Yeah. So that's what his family basically was saying. Like, you know, get a lawyer. Good for them. But <laughs> every single polygraph test he was passing until like the last one, they're like, mm, this one looks like it could be inconclusive. Right, but you can't put that shit in court anyway. Right. But they were like, so when he's like, they're trying to say it's inconclusive. Now he's like, what the fuck? You've been telling me I've been passing this entire time. So, and then he's like, okay, now I'm scared. <laughs> Right. But yet everyone who actually does tell people, they only do like one polygraph. I'm like, you're good. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for your time. But, you know, again, like we've seen so many times before, sometimes it is sometimes it's correct. And sometimes it's not correct. We don't know in this case, as of right now in my story, whether or not they were or not. But it's like sometimes police can tend to have like blinders on, you know. Oh, yeah. If they decide that you've killed someone. Yeah. You've covered enough of those cases. They decided somebody's killed someone. They were wrong. Yeah. And oh, this is another one. So the police. We're so convinced too that they were trying to get him to convince, confess so badly that they even approached Sheila. So they're like, hey, can you ask him out to like a dinner and see if he'll confess to you? And they were telling her all these things, like, you know, say about this, say that. Yeah. And about how like he was one of the non secretors and all the things, basically all the things. And she's like, okay. She's like, because of course she's going to want to try to sure. find her best friend's killer, you know? And so she did. She took him out to dinner and she's like, I was a nervous ass wreck because she's like, here I am sitting across from somebody who I, I fully believe murdered my best friend. Oh, so she was. Con- oh, wait. Interesting. Yeah. So she knew him and then she was now convinced that he killed her friend. Because the police were basically telling her all these things, though, because they're like, this is the evidence we do have, you know. So this is why we need you to do this for us, because we just need him to confess. Wow. Yeah. So they were really feeding into it. And she's like, but I believe it. She's like, I was, you know, they were the police and they were right. telling me that They're this the is police. the evidence mm-hmm. and this is like the scientific evidence of the DNA and all, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, yeah, I fully believed it. And she's like, the, but the sad thing is like, so she took him out to dinner and everything. She's like, but the story was exactly the same. Like Russell's story did not change. And what have we learned about people who are lying? Their stories change. Yeah. Even in the smallest mm-hmm. aspect you said it was at eight and then you said it was eight oh five. Like the stupidest shit will change. And yes. that's Yep. So, anyways, of course, since he never confessed or anything like that, and they couldn't find anything else, the case goes cold. Sure. Yeah. Now, this is an interesting one because I really like to talk about the aftermath because it's great. Let me sip my wine here out of my mug. Mm-hmm. Um so Andy's roommate Sheila, why why Saki really struggled with her death a lot sure it affected her she i think even at one point had to move back in with her mom and she's like i just she's like yeah, I, I mean if you people. if you died i would murder you like <laughs> <laughs> and i can say if you know i mean i'm not it look if something happened to you something's happening bad to somebody yeah so oh it gets good that's a bad idea it gets good um so she would, like i said she would continue to think about her death over the years and she even when she moved away she moved to tennessee started a family she had to think two boys mm-hmm. um so she was just being a mom at this point um but she couldn't help but be angry at russell because she's like that's who murdered my best friend um and russell also you know obviously continued to live his life he became an architect really successful 
Um, and he was also an artist. Now, one day in 2004, fast forward all those years. So that's like 30 20. years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it 30? 20. 20. 20. 20. You think of the 90s? Yeah. <laughs> um, in 2004, when Sheila was at home reading a book for her Bible study, um, she reports that she basically looked up from, she was laying in bed, I guess. And she looks up and she sees Angie's just standing there. <gasps> oh. And she said, Angie didn't say anything. She just kind of smiled at her. She took that as a sign for sure. I mean, shit. Because <laughs> she's like, I mean, she obviously she's studying for Bible study. You know, it's like she's a religious person that she noted that she's like, I'm not I'm not like into the whole spirits and things. She's like, and she didn't say anything to me, but she's like, I felt like I needed to do something after that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a don't forget me kind of thing. Yeah, it was a sign. Like yeah. this isn't over. Right. Exactly. Now, knowing that DNA testing had come much farther in those 20 years, um, Sheila reached out to the Dallas police to see if they'd reopen the case. Mm -hmm. They denied her. Now, she would call over 700 times over the span of a year. That's like at least two calls a day. That's exactly what I was thinking. Get it, Sheila. Yeah. She's like, I call once a day on the weekdays and twice on weekends. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. They knew her by then. She's like, so oh, it's Sheila who's taking it. Who's taking the call today? Yes. Yes, Sheila. So now one day they were having like a random conversation. Sheila lived in, I guess she's in a pretty upscale neighborhood in uh, sure. Tennessee where the, she had like a, it was like a gated community with guards. Um, She had been talking to the guards about something else. And then they made like a comment. They're like, you'd be a really good private investigator. Jeez. And all of a sudden Sheila's just like light bulbs. She's like, oh my God. So what does she do? She becomes a fucking private investigator. Yeah, New World Pinkertons all up in here. (laughs) She's like, maybe now that I'm a private investigator, the Dallas police will listen to me. Because they have to work with me. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Go, Sheila. Yes. So she ended up getting, she full on went and got her license. Like did all the testing and everything. Nice. She even like actually worked as a private investigator. It wasn't just for that case. Like she's like, I feel like I should kind of like build my portfolio. So she was like investigating her neighbors for like cheating scandals and all the things. And she's like, yeah. it eventually got out of hand. She's like, I got really uncomfortable going to like family functions like in the neighborhood. Sure. She's like, I was investigating all these people. <laughs> you know all of your shit, Susan. <laughs> now, finally, in 2006, Sheila gets a call from one of Dallas's detectives. Linda Crumb and I'm like hell yes, ladies. Linda it took Crumb. A, it took it took a woman to just be like, I got you, Sheila. Yeah, we're gonna do this. They reopened the case. Nice. And they decided to run the DNA. So they did. They still had the DNA samples from the rape kit from the semen. Now, like I said, back then they couldn't do anything with it really besides find their blood type. Mm-hmm. Now they can fully run it. So in 2008, Sheila gets a call that she's been waiting for since 1984. Angela's case has been solved thanks to DNA evidence. So the murder is, drumroll Darcy, Donald Best. Who's Donald? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay. I mean, yay. Yes. But who's, I mean, I'd be mad too if my name was Donald, but continue. So yes. So it wasn't really Russell at all. It was a man named Donald Bess. So it turns out Russell was actually a really good guy. <laughs> and just like, what the fuck? He's like, I'm telling you the truth, I swear. And she's like, man, I'm mad. I've, I've hated my friend for 24 oh, yeah. years. Yeah. 
So who the fuck is Donald Bess? Yeah, who the fuck is Donald Bess? Oh, he's a serial rapist. Nah, of course he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he happened to be on parole when the murder occurred. For and you know he was on parole. For, he was serving a twenty-five year sentence for an aggravated sexual assault and aggravated kidnapping. Nice. And he was on parole. Seems trustworthy. Yeah. Man, why not? Why not? So it is, it is sorry. It is suspected that Donald likely ran into the trio of friends that night, whether at the bar, or the dance club, or at uh, the fair. Well, he wouldn't be in the Rio room. Probably not. So probably another fair. It's probably I, I they people thought it was like the bar, but I'm like my thought it was probably the fair because okay, and don't I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but don't come for her. But also, don't take this the wrong way when I say like this was a big dude. He was like well over three hundred pounds, so he's easy to spot. Yeah, I mean, also it's like here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Men like this, they see a woman. A thousand feet away, and like that one. Yeah, there's nothing you you could literally be taking a shit, and he saw your toenail polish and was like, "I'm in," Mm -hmm. and that's all he needs. He because of that, like there are legitimately men that are, and it's not. There are some women, but it's more often men when we talk about these kinds of crimes. That it's like you you smile at somebody at a red light and they follow you home. Like, yeah. and then that's an invitation, right? So he probably just saw her existing and was like, that one. Exactly. Yep. So now in 2008, Donald Bess was actually already in prison too. So he was already back in prison. Um, he was serving a life sentence for another unrelated rape, assault, and kidnapping case. Oh my God, would you look at that? Yeah, shocking, you know? And this is this the only woman he's murdered? Yes. Wow. That they know of. She must have been special. But I'll get to that, too. Um, So now, once Donald Best was put on trial for the murder of Angie Simona, the jury would find him guilty, making his life sentence now a death sentence. Oh, yeah, they're in Texas. Mm -hmm. So after the trial, initially, Sheila was planning on retiring her private investigating gig. But it turns out people kept flooding her with, like, jobs. And they really needed her for all these things. And she's like, I feel like I couldn't say no. She's like, so she's continuing to do her private investigating. Her. Yeah. I wonder if she, she found like her TikTok. calling, you know? Yeah. I wonder if she has like a TikTok. I don't know. But she's like this whole, she goes into it, like, like how it all started and stuff like that. She should call it Pinkerton PI. <laughs> um, and then Sheila also at one point made, made it a point to reach out to Russell. They actually met up in person. I I can't remember if it was like, it was one of like investigation discovery or oh. like those like dateline things, you know, where like they did an episode about Andrew's mm-hmm. case. So they ended up both interviewing there and like telling their story. So they got to meet in person and she just was like, I'm so sorry. And the funniest thing is, is like Russell's like, why? Because oh, he had no idea. Yeah, but she harbored this guilt for, for 24 yes. years. And she was like, I was convinced for so long that you murdered her. And he's like, oh, he's like, it's okay. So the great thing is, it's like they're friends now to this day. Like Russell and she was like, you could have said nothing. Yeah, good for her though. Yeah, she felt like she needed to get that off her chest and everything. He deserved an apology. Yeah, and then Russell being the good guy, he's like, he's like, it's cool. Like you're fine. It wasn't her. Yeah, it was someone. (laughs) It wasn't that one. Yeah, like he's like, it's fine, you know. And he says too, he's like, he's like, he doesn't harbor any kind of like resentment or any like blame towards the dallas pd he's like they were just I trying would. to do their job he's a better he, man than me exactly i'm like, this guy, like 
Su- super nice. So he's her opposite. He's her doppelganger. <laughs> you know, her yeah. fraternal twin in another life. Because I'm like, I would be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my last final 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 fun facts is that um on October 8th, 2022, so just a year ago, Mm-mm. Donald Best dies at the age of 74 from a heart attack while still waiting on death row. Must be nice. Yep. It's probably because he was, yeah, so overweight. Mm-hmm. No, they said even too, like, I read that during the trial for Angie, they had to like postpone the trial by like three days or they'd like, you know, go on like leave for three days because he had a heart attack then too. So he was definitely not a healthy dude. Do you know how tall he was? He said he was 300 something pounds. Well over 300. Was he yeah. tall? No. Oh, because I was like, when you think of like, someone like Ed Kemper, Ed Kemper was like six foot four, six foot three, six foot four. And he was like 300 pounds, but he didn't look it because he was so tall. Right. You know? No, they, they definitely didn't. He was not. Oh, I'm glad he was living his best life. Fucking plot. I know. Oh, here. You know what he looks like? Have you ever seen The Silence of the Lambs? Yes. Okay, so remember the dude that gets his face eaten by the pegs? Just put a nose on him. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Yep. Gross. Well, no wonder he, like, broke into her house. Like... Her flimsy door wasn't going to stop him. No, that's what they're saying. Like, he easily overpowered her. Yeah. And, like, the, so the sad thing, too, that I wanted to make a note of is that one of the one of the police officers and investigators, and I think it was actually this most recent lady, um, based off the timelines and things like that and, like, the time of death and all the things, is that they actually believe that he was actually in the act of murdering Angie when Ben was there. How? Trying to get in. Oh. Trying to get in the house? So, because he, like, locked the door behind him or whatever? Mm-hmm. So how did he escape? Um, they're saying that there was another exit, from what I understand. Maybe, like, her back door? Yeah. Was her apartment on the ground level? Her condo? Mm-hmm. Mm, that would explain it. So, because, like, they were saying off the timelines and stuff like that, like, Ben was likely there. And I'm like, that would be awful to hear, though, as if I were Ben, like, to know that, like, he probably, so, because if you look at it, like, um... Donald didn't murder any of his other victims. He just raped them. So, so why was hers different? Because I think it's because Ben showed up and was trying to get in. He was like, oh, fuck. I'm going to get caught. Yeah. Or she's going to scream or she's going to make some sort of noise. And in a fit of rage, grabs a knife and starts stabbing her. I mean, that's that's a lot of stabbing to do in such a short amount of time. Right. But wait, okay. So you said that Ben got there and then he had to wait for the police exactly. to kick the door yes. in. Okay. So he probably had a few minutes mm-hmm. to kill her and then flee. Exactly. So like, that's okay. my thought process is like, I can see in my head. I'm like, if I'm thinking about like that night, Ben's knocking on the door, no answer, can't get in all the things goes back to his truck. Cause remember he doesn't have a cell phone. It's, right. a, it's a cell phone in the to truck. So he mm-hmm. has to be in the truck to use it. It's mm-hmm. a car phone. So he goes back to his truck and that would give that time. So he's trying to get a hold of the police. Cause remember he has to call the info line, hold them and yada, yada, yada mm-hmm. for basically Donald to make his escape in the back. That's fucking wild, man. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you wonder too, like would it have ended in murder had Ben not gone over there necessarily? You know what I mean? Cause he, she may have just only been raped, which either way is God awful. Right. You know? And honestly, it doesn't matter. Like, 
well, that's an answer no one will ever know. Right. And if, and even if someone, I'm sure someone asked him that, I'm sure someone asked Donald that and him being whoever he was probably been like, yeah, he probably doesn't yeah that because he wants to like lessen his involvement. Mm-hmm. right or like lessen his severity of the of the whatever but, but also like 18 times in the chest to the point that you're pulling a heart out of its cavity like that's what i'm saying though is i'm like that's very emotional state of being oh i know like i went on a whole roller coaster because i'm like to me that was going to be pointing more towards russell because like an act of like i'm stabbing your heart like, out revenge, you know right nope nope just some stupid white man assuming that he can just have any woman he wants. Exactly. And being let out on parole after having an aggravated rape and aggravated assault battery, all the charges. I mean, at the end of the day, like when when you really think about it and you can't argue it, like you can't, if it offends you, you're part of the problem. But like rape, doesn't matter who's being charged. Rape in general is not seen as a serious crime. Right. It's not treated that way. It's not approached that way. It's not tried that way. Like, and up until someone kills somebody, they're let out and they're let out and they're let out and right. they're let out. And it's like, now you're surprised that it escalated. Right. And so you think about it too. Like, I mean, a lot of our cases, and if you listen to a lot more podcasts too, it's like, I mean, most of the time when somebody rapes somebody, especially if it's like for the thrill of it and it's not just like a, whatever you know if they're literally raping somebody because that's what they want to do and they're completely sober in mind they're gonna do it again like it's those desires that they have it's like those those feelings like that's how they get their pleasure and how they get their high so it's like they're gonna do it again right and it's just it's well you can say that with any kind of crime right like when you it's comparable to drug addicts when you think about it it's like you're chasing that first high right yeah. like drug addicts they always say that i was i that first high that first high and you never get it back mm-hmm. right it's the same thing when you kill someone for the first time right like and i understand different circumstances i'm not saying someone who killed someone in self-defense i'm saying like someone who wanted to do it right or like stalk somebody pick somebody out of a crowd specifically like, i'm gonna murder right. this person there's a thrill there it's yes like, Oh, I successfully stalked them. Yeah. Oh, then I successfully followed them home and they didn't catch me. Ooh, then I successfully broke into their house and no one saw me. Ooh, then I kidnapped yeah. them and no one knew. Ooh, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then eventually somebody dies. And then like a lot of times these people have some kind of record. Sometimes they don't, but most of the times they do. Right. And then people are surprised that it happened. It's like, are you though? Exactly. Are you though? I'm not. Are you? <laughs> oh, but yeah. So that's my story. So I, I did put you through a little bit of stress because you're like, is this going to be an unsolved thing? It was. And then it wasn't. Yeah. It was. And then it wasn't. The, the power of a best friend being like, no, it's going to be fucking solved. I'm going to call you 700 times a, a year. And just so you know, like if I do die, I am going to fucking just stand at the end of your bed. Just being like, well, see, here's the thing. I expect if you if you die in a way that you don't anticipate, right? If you die in a brutal way, like if someone else is the cause of your death, I expect you to tell me. Yeah. I expect you to be like, yo-ho, it was them. If you're like, ever, really yes. them? If you're ever going to invest in a Ouija board, do it after I get murdered. Exactly. Let's make that pact. Yeah. I will get a Ouija board if you die and then yes. get a Ouija board if I die. <laughs> because then we're not really gone. No. Right? Yeah. 
Right. So then it's like, so you can be who like, who killed you? And you're like, I'm so glad you fucking asked. It's gonna like be going all over the place. Yeah, exactly. You're like, wait a minute, slow down, bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, who it's gonna go it? crazy. And then it's gonna, and then all of a sudden, it's just gonna be a thing where you come home from work and you're gonna be like, bitch, let me tell you this thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And then I'll be like, okay, and then I'll be like, what? Okay, 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 okay. I told the police it's possibly two people. The person you told me and your ex-husband. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, he'll be cleared. He'll be fine. But I just wanted to let you know. And you're going to be like, yeah, like Y-A-A-A-A-S. Like, solid. Exactly. And John's like, what are you doing? I'm talking to Shannon. Yeah. He's going to be like, oh, you've lost it. I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've lost it since you met me. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I've never had it. Yeah, I never had it. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Not the way I was raised. No, we had we put on a fake face very well. So yeah, that was my story, you guys. Cheers. That was a solid story. Um, I'm I'm glad that her case got solved. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad that her case got solved. That's a very traumatic way to die. And it's a very sad story. Uh, but good good on Sheila. Yeah. Yeah, and Russell, they're still friends. Like I said, they're they're living their lives. They're She's a nice p- private investigator, and he's an architect, freaking artist. He better build her an office. That'd be great. That'd be a full circle story kind of right, moment. Right. Be yeah. a, that'd be a nice moment. Well, right. thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, And this is your sign to, like, go give your best friend a hug, you know? Yeah. Tell them that you love them and that, you know, you'll haunt them if you die. Yeah. Right. Show up at the end of their bed, you know? All right. Like, you can't have another best friend. Like, I don't care if John gets a new girl, but you can't have another best friend. If no, I no, I don't. no. Anyway, thank you so much for being here. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.